0: the thirty-first adventure of the fall of the nibelungs by anonymous translated by margaret armor this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by phil schempf how the burgundians went to church my harness has grown so cold said folker that i ween the night is far spent i feel by the air that it will soon be day then they wake the knights that still slept the bright morning shone in on the warriors in the hall and Hagen began to ask them if they would go to the Minster to hear Mass. The bells were ringing according to Christian custom. The folk sang out of tune. It was not mickle wonder when Christian and heathen sang together. Gunther's men were minded to go to church and rose from their beds. They did on their fine apparel. Never knights brought goodlier weed into any king's land. But Hagen was wroth and said, Ye did better to wear other raiment ye know how it standeth with us here instead of roses bear weapons in your hands and instead of jeweled caps bright helmets of wicked cream hills mood we are well aware i tell you there will be fighting this day for your silken tunics wear your hauberks and good broad shields for rich mantles that if any fall on you ye may be ready my masters dear my kinsmen and my men go to the church and bewail your sorrow and your need before great god for know of a surety that death draweth nigh forget not wherein ye have sinned and stand humbly before your maker be warned most noble knights if god in heaven help you not ye will hear mass no more so the kings and their men went to the minster hagen bade them pause in the churchyard that they might not be parted He said none knoweth yet what the huns may attempt on us lay your shields at your feet my friends and if any give you hostile greeting answer him with deep wounds and deadly that is hagen's counsel that ye may be found ready as beseemeth you folker and hagen went and stood before the great minster they did this that the queen might be forced to push past them right grim was their mood then came the king and his beautiful wife her body was adorned with rich apparel and the knights in her train were featly clad the dust rose high before the queen's attendants when the rich king saw the princes and their followers armed he said hastily why go my friends armed by my troth it would grieve me if any had done aught to them i will make it good to them on any wise they ask it hath any troubled their hearts he shall feel my displeasure whatso they demand of me i will do hagen answered none hath wrought us annoy it is the custom of my masters to go armed at all high tides for full three days if any did us a mischief etzel should hear thereof right well kriemhild heard hagen's words she looked at him from under her eyelids with bitter hate yet she told not the custom of her land albeit she knew it well from aforetime how so grim and deadly the queen's anger was none had told etzel how it stood else he had hindered what afterward befell they scorned through pride to tell their wrong the queen advanced with a great crowd of folk but the twain moved not two hands breadth whereat the huns were wroth for they had to press past the heroes this pleased not etzel's chamberlains and they had gladly quarrelled with them had they dared before the king there was much jostling and nothing more when mass was over many a hun sprang to horse with kriemhild were also many beautiful maidens kriemhild sat by etzel at a window with her women to see the bold warriors ride the which the king loved to do Ha! many a stranger knight spurred below in the court the marshal brought out the horses bold dankwart had gathered together his master's followers from burgundy well-saddled horses were led up for the nibelungs when the kings and their men were mounted folker counselled them to joust after the fashion of their country full nightly they rode in the tourney the council was welcome to all and a mighty din and clang of arms soon arose in the great tilt-yard while etzel and kriemhild looked on sixty of dietrich's knights spurred forward to meet the strangers they were eager for the onset had dietrich allowed it for goodly men were his but it irked him when he heard thereof and he forbade them to cross lances with gunther's warriors he feared it might go hard with his knights when the knights of bern were gone out of the yard five hundred of rudiger's men of bech rode up before the castle with their shields the margrave had been better pleased if they had stayed away he pressed through the crowd and said to them that they themselves knew how that gunther's men were wroth and that he would have them quit the tourney when these also had gone back they say that the knights of thuringen and a thousand bold danes rode in then the splinters flew from the lances Infried and hawart rode into the tourney the rhinelanders met them proudly they encountered the men of thuringen in many a joust pierced was many a shield sir blodell came on with three thousand etzel and kriemhild saw plainly all that passed below the queen rejoiced by reason of the hate she bare the burgundians she thought in her heart what hapt or long if they wounded any the sport may turn to battle i would fain be revenged on my foes cert it would not grieve me shrutan and gibbeck came next and ramung and hornbog after the manner of the huns they all bare them boldly before the burgundians high over the king's palace flew the splinters Yet all they did was but empty sound. Gunther's men made the house and the castle ring with a clash of shields. They won great honour. So keen was their pastime that the footcloths ran with the sweat of the horses, as they rode proudly against the Huns. Then said stout Folker the fiddler, These knights dare not confront us, I ween. I have heard that they hate us. They could not have a fitter time to prove it. Lead the horses to their stalls," said the king, toward evening ye may ride again if there be time for it haply the queen may then give the prize to the burgundians at that moment a knight rode into the lists prouder than any other hun belike he had a dear one at the window he was rich apparelled like a bride Fulker said i cannot help it yonder woman's darling must have a stroke none shall hinder me let him look to his life i care not how wroth etzel's wife may be Nay now, for my sake, said the king, the folk will blame us if we begin the fray. Let the Huns be the first, it were better so. Still Etzel sat by the queen. I will join thee in the tourney, cried Hagen. It were well that these women and these knights saw how we can ride. They give Gunther's men scant praise. Bold Folker spurred back into the lists. Thereby many a woman won heart's dole. He stabbed the proud Hun through the body with his spear. Many a maid and many a wife was yet to weep for it. Hagen and his sixty knights followed hard on the fiddler. Etzel and Kriemhild saw it all plain. The three kings left not the doughty minstrel alone among his foemen. A thousand knights rode to the rescue. They were haughty and overweening, and did as they would. When the proud Hun was slain, the sound of weeping and wailing rose from his kinsmen. All asked, who hath done it and got the answer it was folker the bold fiddler the friends of the hunnish margrave called straightway for their swords and their shields that they might kill folker the host hasted from the window there was a mighty uproar among the huns the kings and their followers alighted before the hall and beat back their horses then came etzel and began to part the fray he seized a sharp sword out of the hand of one of the hun's kinsmen that stood nigh and thrust them all back he was greatly wroth ye would have me fail in honour towards these knights if ye had slain this minstrel i tell you i would have hanged you all i marked him well when he slew the hun and saw that it was not with intent but that his horse stumbled let my guests leave the tilt-yard in peace He gave them escort himself, and their horses were led to the stalls, for many varlets stood ready to serve them. The host went with his guests into the palace and bade the anger cease. They set the table and brought water. The knights of the Rhine had stark foemen enow. Though it irked Etzel, many armed knights pressed in after the kings when they went to table by reason of their hate. They waited a chance to avenge their kinsmen ye be too unmannerly said the host to sit down armed to eat whoso among you toucheth my guest shall pay for it with his head i have spoken o huns it was long o'er the knights were all seated bitter was kriemhild's wrath she said prince of bern i seek thy counsel and thy kind help in my sore need but hildebrand the good knight answered who slayeth the nibelungs shall do it without me i care not what price thou offerest none shall assay it but he shall rue it for never yet have these doughty knights been vanquished i asked the death of none save hagen that hath wronged me he slew siegfried my dear husband he that chose him from among the others for vengeance should have my gold without stint i were inly grieved did any suffer save hagen but hildebrand answered how could one slay him alone thou canst see for thyself that if he be set upon they will all to battle and poor and rich alike must perish said dietrich also courteously great queen say no more thy kinsmen have done naught to me that i should defy them to the death it is little to thine honour that thou wouldst compass the doom of thy kinsmen they came hither under safe conduct and not by the hand of dietrich shall siegfried be avenged when she found no treachery in the night of bern she tempted blodell with the promise of a goodly estate that had been nudung's dankwart slew him after that he clean forgot the gift she said help me sir blodell in this house are the foes that slew siegfried my dear husband if any avenge me i will ever serve him blodell that sat by her answered i dare not show thy kinsmen such hate so long as my brother showeth them favour the king would not forgive me if i defied them Nay now, Sir Blodell, I will stand by thee, and give thee silver and gold for mead, and thereto a beautiful woman, the widow of Nudung, that thou mayest have her to thy dear one. I will give thee all, land and castles, and thou shalt live joyfully with her on the march that was Nudung's. In good sooth I will do what I promise. When Blodell heard the fee, and because the woman pleased him for her fairness, he resolved to win her by battle so came he to lose his life he said to the queen go back into the hall or any is ware thereof i will raise a great tumult hagen shall pay for what he hath done i will bring thee king gunther's man bound now army my men cried bloedel and let us fall on the foemen in their lodging king etzel's wife giveth me no peace and at her bidding we must risk our lives When the queen had left Bloedel to begin the strife she went in to table with king etzel and his men she had woven an evil snare against the guests i will tell you now how they went into the hall crowned kings went before her many high princes and knights of worship attended the queen etzel assigned to all the guests their places the highest and the best in the hall christians and heathens had their different meats whereof they ate to the full for so the wise king ordered it the yeomen feasted in their own quarters where sowers served them that had been charged with the care of their food but revel and merriment were soon turned to weeping kriemhild's old wrong lay buried in her heart and when the strife could not be kindled otherwise she bade them bring etzel's son to table did ever any woman so fearful a thing for vengeance four of etzel's men went straightway and brought in ortlieb the young king to the prince's table where hagen also sat Through his murderous hate the child perished when etzel saw his son he spake kindly to his wife's brethren see now my friends that is my only son and your sister's child some day he will serve you well if he take after his kin he will be a valiant man rich and right noble stark and comely if i live i will give him the lordship of twelve countries fair service ye may yet have from young ortlieb's hand Wherefore I pray ye, my dear friends, that, when ye ride back to the Rhine, ye take with you your sister's son, and do well by the child. Rear him in honour till he be a man, and when he is full grown, if any harry your land, he will help you to avenge it. Kriemhild, the wife of Etzel, heard all that the king said. Hagen answered, If he grow to be a man, he may well help these knights, but he hath a weakly lurk me thinketh i shall seldom go to ortlieb's court the king eyed hagen sternly for his word irked him albeit he answered not again he was troubled and heavy of his cheer hagen was no friend to merriment the king and his liegemen misliked sore what hagen had said of the child and were wroth that they must bear it they knew not yet what the warrior was to do after not a few that heard it and that bare him hate had gladly fallen upon him the king also had not honour forbidden him ill had hagen sped yet soon he did worse he slew his child before his eyes end of the thirty-first adventure